0: Hello. I'll just, am uh, just going to steal this, if that's okay. I've got my whole journal up here, so I'll read it from front to back. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, my name's Deanna. Uh, I'm just here to tell you a little bit about a part of my story. Um, a few years ago, I was uh, starting a, a major fast. And I, uh, I'd never heard of Brian Simmons before, or the Passion Translation, but I had order, already ordered it from Amazon. And it just so happens I had it, the Song of Songs, and the companion book with ready for me on the first day of my pa- fast. And I hadn't planned it, I, just, I didn't even know what I was going to do in my fast. But, um, and so I started reading the Song of Songs. And so I'm certainly no theolo- theologian, but the, the basis of the beginning of the story was the Shulmanite. Jesus comes to woo the Shulmanite, and, and we're the Shulmanite, so he, he comes and he wants to whisk her away with his love and uh, how much he loves her so much, and she loves him too. And he asks her to go away with him, um, but she doesn't want to leave her comfort, and so she says no. And as soon as she says no, he leaves, and she is just desperate for him. And so she goes searching uh, for, for her love for Jesus. And uh, when she finally finds him, uh, he asks her to come away with him up the mountain, uh, the mountain of suffering, the mountain of suffering love. And because she'd already said no, she says yes. And as I'm reading, I say yes. But it's a very weighty yes, because I had come from so much suffering in my life as a young person. Um, From the very beginning of my life, I can look back and see how the enemy was just so hard after me. And I had, you know, from my earliest memory, I had depression and fear and uh, self-hatred ruled my life. And I lived out of that place of self-hatred and shame. I couldn't connect well to people, that thing where you bond, uh, it seemed to be broken in me. And so I was very alone. I couldn't seem to love, give or receive love well. Uh, so I was very lonely, and uh, I didn't have very many friends. I couldn't, I couldn't make friends. I couldn't keep them. It was a black hole, really. Um, when I was uh, 25, I was, uh, uh, I was hit by a car on my bike. And so I, I, like, I didn't know what day of the week it was or what month of the year it was. You know, it was kind of like that. It was uh, intense. And then eight months later, my fiancé died of cancer. And God had given me a supernatural love for him and I did love at him and he loved me and when he died I died I was shattered to a zillion pieces as you would imagine and so when I said yes to the Lord to go up the mountain of suffering it was a very weighty yes but I said it because I wanted to be where Jesus was Jesus had restored and and revived my life on a level that is, honestly, I can't even believe it. And so I just wanted to be where he was. And so I finished my fast. You know, you pray these prayers and honestly you can't remember you prayed them anymore after a while because time goes by. And eventually I have this dream and I, I honestly, like, I knew I'd said all that, but really nothing happened in the moment and so, you know, you kind of forget. I had this dream that uh, I was just in jeans and a t-shirt and in front of me was a very gnarly mountain like something you would imagine in hell but my family was on the other side and so there was no question I had to walk through the mountain but it was getting dark out and I had nothing on me I had jeans and a t-shirt I had bare feet I had no shoes no purse no personal effects at all just nothing and uh, I but I see this woman and I say do you have a pair of shoes I could borrow? I said, I have a shoe store, I could pay you back. But I, uh, but I just need to borrow them to get over that mountain. And she's like, yes, yes I do, I have the perfect pair. And she gave me a brand new pair of red shoes. And, uh, and then I see a man and I said, do you know where I could stay on the other side? I have no, nothing on me, I don't know where to stay. He goes, oh yes, I have the perfect place for you to stay. And he wrote down the number and he gave it to me. And that was my dream. I had no clue what it meant. Um, But I knew it was of God. I knew it was some kind of powerful dream. And so I just kind of shelved it, because, again, nothing really happened. I didn't really know what was going on. I just lived my life. And then, however long later, I started getting these really massive headaches. And uh, I didn't think really that much of them. And I went to the doctor. And my doctor's amazing, very thorough. He sent me for a scan. In the meantime, it was New Year's. And on um, New Year's Day, and, uh, and I've been listening to a lot of Graham Cook, who's incredible. He was, I'm listening to so much of him at the time. And one of the things he says is, ask God, who are you for me in the season that I'm in? And so I did. It was a brand new year. And I said, Lord, who are you for me this year? And I heard really fast, right away, a quiet voice. And he said, faithful. And I was just so excited that he said something that I heard him. And, uh, and I thought, that's so cool. I go, I don't really, I like, I didn't really get what really what that meant. It's nice that he's faithful, but I, I, didn't. It didn't go super deep in me. I didn't, I didn't really understand the meaning of of what that means. You know, you hear that all the time, God's faithful, but you know, when a push comes to shove, it's like, what, you know, how do you break that down? And uh, let me think now. Oh yeah, two days later, the big one. I eh? can't remember. Uh, two days later, I went to the doctor. And they told me they had a brain tumour. And it was the kind that the young kids get, you know, their their heads get bigger and bigger. And honestly, I couldn't even speak it. It was so like, you know, the fear of death had tormented me ever since John died, like tormented me. And so when this giant was faced in front of me, I was like, I can't tell you, but I remember after I, I heard it, I was sitting in the parking lot at the mall, in my car. I had sent my kids in to get some french fries at the mall because I just needed to like sit there for a minute. And I remember texting Kara and I said to her, there is something so big and grisly at my door that's knocking. It was death at the door. And she said, tell Jesus to answer the door. I said, Jesus, could you answer the door? And it was gone instantly. That grisly thing was instantly gone, it was unbelievable. And so then I went through a, a season of these like, there would be like torment pockets, you know, like it was like, it was like I would go into this torment, like where all of hell was taunting me, it wanted to get me, that thing that I had been fearing and hiding from for two decades was in my face. I had two kids, a husband, it was like, I, I couldn't even pray. I was so tormented, and I would go into the basement of my house, and I would just, I would find um, a song that would, you know, it's incredible the songs that are out there, these anointed worship singers that have been through hell and back, and then they're singing it, and I would find a song that was powerful, and I would just start singing it, because I had no words myself. And I would just sing it, and sing it, and sing it, and sing it, for hours sometimes. Hours and hours, until everything would just kind of fall off me, and it was me and him, me and him, me and him. And he would just meet me in those places. It was unbelievable. It was like everything was just being shed off of me. Everything of myself was being shed and shed and shed. The flesh, it felt like the flesh was dying. And it's incredible, the flesh doesn't want to die. It's such a war for the flesh to die. But it was dying. In that season, it was interesting the different things that would cause it to break. Like I remember one time, I would text my sister Karen, and I said, "I'm in a torment. Please pray." And she 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 texted me a prayer, and as soon as I read it, it would go. It would be gone. It would be turned off like a TV. Like it, it was just these. It, but it would never seem to be the same thing twice. It, like I try to go back to do the same thing, but it wouldn't work that time. I had to keep just seeking him. And, and it, would have to, it would be a new way every time. But one thing I did realize was that it was, he was drawing me to other people. Like I needed the people for the breakthrough. Like he was teaching me, it was about connecting. And it was so powerful because so many of you were there for me when I needed it the most. In that season, I, I went to a conference with a couple of friends. It was a Brian Simmons conference. And uh, he was, he's the translator of the Passion Translation, which I just so, so love. And, uh, you know, he did his, his sermon and at the very end, wouldn't you know, he said, does anybody here have a brain tumor? And I'm like, oh my God, you, you, you got to be kidding. And it's like, I said, I do. And he walked up to me and he just, like, he just said, fire like that. He just yelled it, fire. And I just like, like I'm not a faller downer, like I, I've never fallen down. <laughs> And and I want to like I want to go down. I want to go down like like I'm ready. I'm ready I'm always ready, but I never do. I'm always everybody be on the floor and I'm standing (laughs) and uh, But this time I, I fell back in my chair and I could feel it was like the glory of God in every cell of my body And I was so overcome with his goodness It was really powerful trying to think of what happened next let me read my notes here oh yeah months later I was listening to Brian Simmons because I love him too and he just I was walking by I was doing something in the house and he just said the word mountain and as soon as he said the word mountain it was like the Holy Spirit went ping, ping, ping and I realized that I was on that mountain in my dream I was living the mountain, and it was the mountain of suffering. Like he, put, like he just kind of put it all together. You know, so often I hear of people tell their testimonies, these powerful people, and they say these incredible things of what God did in their life. And it was like from one thing to another, to another. And it almost discourages me, because when I'm walking through my life, I'm like, I'm lost, I feel abandoned, I don't know what's going on, and this one thing will happen here, and then, you know, eight months later something else might happen there. But then when you stand up here and tell it, it sounds like bing, 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 but it really wasn't. It really wasn't. It was like, it was like really not that. But God is so faithful. I realized that God was setting me free from the fear of death. It was such a big one. I was so focused on my suffering and the torment that I was in that I didn't, I forgot to remember. That at the top of the mountain of suffering we rule and reign with jesus that jesus defeats all of our enemies but it's interesting that he causes us to face them he causes us to look you know we want to hide i, I hid for 20 years or probably my whole life of, i mean i had fears of every kind you can imagine but the fear of death really taunted me and it made me small and hidden and, and tight, and you know, keeping everything in, in, in. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I walked through that season, as much as as gnarly as it was. You know, I never saw the whole time. I re- I was, I, I read Psalm 91 probably a thousand times, and I never saw that whole time. And probably till six months ago, it says. His arms of faithfulness will keep us from all harm. I never even saw that during the season of torment. I never saw it. I read it over and over and over, and it didn't go in because he said he was faithful. He was going to be faithful to me. Well, it turned out that the, the, the brain tumor um, was not cancerous. It was not that. It was none of that. Just They don't even know what it is. It's just something sitting there. That i'm praying it melts away because it's not harmful to me praise god i uh, i just want to say that during the season of the torment i remember one time i because sometimes i'll go up there and pray and i remember being just a liquid mess just a liquid weak and like jello and and i remember going up to the side to pray And I thought, I'll just get up here and see see what God will do. And this woman comes up for prayer. I don't even know what she needed prayer for. I just started praying. And I was praying torment off her. And I was in torment. And I'm praying torment. Like, you know, you think you're a hypocrite or what? Like, am 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 I allowed to pray this? If she knew I was in this, I don't think she'd want me praying for her. Anyways, I didn't think much of it. I even forgot I'd prayed for her. And a few weeks later, she came into the store and she said, you know what? I had been in torment for four months, and it left the day you prayed for me. It was like, holy cow, is that God or what? Because it it was so obvious, I mean, it was ridiculous that it wasn't me. There is an enemy, and he is after us. He's real. He's out to destroy our destiny. But there's power in the name of Jesus. I remember after John had died, I would have these dreams, you know, and it wasn't in the beginning. It was kind of near, near probably about three years after, where I was starting to choose life more than I was starting to than I was choosing death, just starting to kind of go the way of life. And I would start, I'd have these dreams where the enemy was chasing me, and he was so close to me. He was, I was running as fast as I could. He was so close to me that if I turned to look to see where he was, he'd get me. Or if i call out, he'd get me. And I remember going, Jesus! And it would go off like a TV. And I'd have them night after night. And I'd get up out of bed, and it would be thick, it was dark, dark, dark. And it's like this stuff wasn't taught in our church. Like, it, it was like a long time ago, this stuff wasn't taught, and yet I was experiencing this crazy stuff. And he was teaching me the power in the name of Jesus. And I just want to bless you today, that whatever giant you're facing, there is power in the name of Jesus. To ask him for a promise for the season that you're in. God, what is your promise for me in the season that I'm in right now? He will give it to you. He really will. And until you actually hear him, just go to the word and grab a promise and start using it and wield it like a weapon. It is a weapon against the enemy. In Jesus' name. I just want to share a a dream, a couple of dreams I had. This one, I believe, is for the church. Ian and I were invited to, it was like a banquet or a wedding. It was something really, really fancy. And we were dressed like those Hollywood stars, you know? Like just to the nines, like holy cow. And we get to the this event, and it was just like as grand as you can imagine, like the sky high ceilings and just grand, just grand. Like we just didn't fit. Like it was just like we knew we were meant to be there. We belonged. We were invited we were dressed for it but we just like you know we're just regular like and this was like crazy fancy and everybody there was dressed the same just just gorgeous everybody was gorgeous except for the people there they were playing they were playing drinking games like it was like a frat house or something you would imagine you know just crazy just drinking like it was a relay of, and they were getting really really drunk in this beautiful beautiful hall and that was my dream, and it really felt like it was for us, for the church. And it was like I was really wrestling with what that meant. Like it was such a contrast of what seemed like foolishness against the kingdom of God. Like that's kind of what kind of you know what I what I got kind of gleaned from it. And then I kind of looked up, kind of foolishness. I was looking around and. And in the Bible it says, "Man's wisdom is foolishness to God." And then it was like, like, you know, are we coming to the kingdom? Are we coming to God with our own wisdom? We look like it would be the same as being in a frat house, like having a, you know, a drinking games in the kingdom of God. The the, the contrast of what that is. I'm just going to leave that there. I just felt like I was to share that. If anybody has a, you know, a, another interpretation of that dream, I'd love to hear it because I, I didn't really. I just kind of gleaned a little bit, but if there's anything more, that would be amazing. Just share one more dream before I close. Did you want to say? It? Yeah, that's what I got to like it was like we don't even know who we are it's like we don't even know who we are and who we belong to and we settle for so little we settle for the dregs we settle for the the stuff that isn't really us it doesn't bring us life when he has such a life such a life for us Amazing. Yeah, thanks for sharing that.
1: Wow. Yeah. So just before I was leaving the house to come here, mm-hmm. I've to come a little earlier. No, just stay at and read Coppers Wine. house come here. Well, I think just based on his dream and the understanding that God has given you around the dream. I just want to encourage to read Proverbs 1 today, to just like
2: carry forward what the Lord might be speaking. But um, I mean, goodness, it's
1: the entire proverb is this,
2: but I'll just start at verse 20 even. Like, out in the open wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out at the city gate. She makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebukes, and I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. I mean, the whole proverb is that. And um, I just, yeah, now I know why the Lord wanted to bring that to my attention. So, yeah. That's the contrast of our wisdom to the Lord's wisdom, yes. which is just gold. That's incredible. Just royalty.
1: Beautiful. So to just come and receive it, and just leave ours at the door. Yeah. Riches that await us, yeah. in His wisdom. Yeah. thanks, Diana.
2: Amazing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, what I got from the dream—something um, that I, I feel like is resurrecting in humanity, actually. Christ's energy, consciousness. I don't. I personally don't care what people call it, but the recognition is surfacing mm-hmm. outside of just the church. Mm-hmm. But you can be in the church too, without the recognition of your innocence and profession. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you are. Actually, you can be drunk on guilt and shame and not see. Right. Perfection yes, that's right. Of the temple that you always stand in. Yeah, that's right.
0: That's what I yielded. Yeah, but since you say that, that also was the, the al- it's not necessarily alcohol. Like you say, it could be shame, guilt, fear, any of those things can replace the alcohol. Yeah. yeah.
1: You got to feel worthy
2: of the kingdom to yeah. receive it. Yeah. i just feel to stand here on behalf of all of us as a collective church and just say father we repent we repent of the thinking we know something of settling for so little and of being satisfied with worldly joy or worldly treasures when you've got this So, Father, we we repent of small thinking. Yes. And we just lay ourselves down before you. We want your wisdom. And we worship you.
0: Wow. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah.
0: Amen. Thank you. And for all of us, whoever's on the mountain, to be encouraged that there is a mountaintop that will make it so worth it.
1: you got a verse this morning that came to me and it's funny i was like oh but i hate sharing so um but when the holy spirit nudges you it's like oh okay um but it just kind of the dream just really hits me and recognition that walking through suffering um and sometimes we step in our own wisdom and our own knowledge and um Christ is just so much greater than that. So 2 Corinthians twelve nine says, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I celebrate my weaknesses, for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but I delight it. For when I feel my weaknesses and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger, for my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Wow. So thanks for sharing.
0: That's incredible. That is amazing.
2: Praising the Lord, and um, I was rem- cathed- the cathedral in a gorgeous room. Um, I was remembering, remembering going to the first church in Calvary, and I was uh, trying to find my friend who had disappeared into, from high school into the church, and I missed her, and I, I finally found her. And I don't know if she was there, but I found her church and I walked in, and the glory of God, the music of the spheres, the, the hosts of heaven, and I just began, um, and it took a long time to finish crying over the years, because this journey was blocked, but I feel this in this church here, I, um, that that cathedral, what like, may maybe would
0: be going on with people, but it, it is here. We can sing, be part of heavenly you know, like song that's going on. Amen. That's awesome. Just uh, I'm just going to share one more dream and before I end. I was. It was, was not. This was a few weeks ago. I was. I was railing against God. I was really upset about a couple of things that had happened, and um, I was really mad at God. And um, I was unusually mad at Him. I was like really, really, really like, uh, like I don't have a problem being <laughs> honest with God. And um, and so I was really like wrestling loudly. And um, and then I just said, I, I don't know why it's on this level, Lord. I just give it to you. And then I went to lay down. And um, and honestly, like I'm not a napper. I could list the number of times I've napped in my whole life during the day. I just, I wish I was, but I'm not. And I fell asleep. And someone even woke me up and I fell asleep again. Like it was crazy. And I had a dream. And the dream was, is that I was invited to a, to a, a business meeting at a, at a hotel on the 100th floor. And uh, so I got in the elevator and I started to go up. But, and the hotel was going like this, because it was 100 floors up, it was skinny. And I was in the elevator, and I was like, scrooched down on the ground, freaking out because I was so afraid of the height, and I didn't even know where I was going. Like, I didn't know what I had said yes to. I get out of that elevator, and I go into the hotel room, and there was some businessmen there with some slaves on the bed. And it was a trap. And so I was sitting on the bed. They wanted to enslave me. And with my laptop open, open, because we were at a business meeting, and I texted Cara and said, come and save me. I need help. And so Cara comes into the door with her big coral shirt on and makes up some story of why she's there. And Ian's with her, too. And, and, and they come and get me. But I was blind. I couldn't see. I could see a slit out of one eye, but basically I was blind. And we were running down the stairs, because the elevators, they, made, they, they weren't functioning. Running down the stairs. And Ian's all excited that we're getting away. And I'm like, wait, I can't see where I'm going, because we're 100 floors up. And we went down a couple of rows, but the, the businessmen, they uh, came through the stairs and they, they caught me. And I could hear the, the metal of the handcuffs uh, going on me. And I was woken up. And so what Sophia, I said to Sophia, because she sees so much, but she's 16, so it's like, no pressure. Just uh, <laughs> if you get anything, let me know. If not, don't worry about it. She said to me, You're looking to man to save you. Only God can save you. It was like, holy cow. I was looking to man to fix it, when only God can fix it. And my blindness was my unbelief that led me into a trap. And it was so scary, the dream. When I woke up for the situation, was like, you got it, God. You got it, God. You got it. And even still, it has not wavered. You got it, God. And it was just such a, it was such a warning of a, a dream of unbelief. It was such a warning of the trap of unbelief. Because when we walk into unbelief, our, our eyes are off God, and they're on ourselves. And that is never a good thing. And then we make decisions based on the flesh, and the world, and everything that isn't God, when the answer is only God. That's what I got from that dream, so... I'm going to leave that there. Thank you for listening to me. It was a real honor. Bless you.